And pray for me this morning. I'd like to say something that will help you and encourage you. I know we're living in a difficult time. Job chapter 19, verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. So, I want you to stop and think about who's talking here. This is Job, a man that in one day lost all his children. And on that same day, he lost all his cattle and all his herds, lost all of his servants, lost everything he had. We find, that, find him in the middle of a dusty road covered with sore boils from head to toe and in such a shape that even his friends don't recognize him. We hear his wife cursing his Redeemer. Amen. Didn't she say, why don't you just curse God and die? She cursed his Redeemer. And his own friends began to point the finger at him. And said, you've surely done something. You've surely committed some sin that God would inflict this upon you. And had no idea what God really thought of Job. As a matter of fact, I believe God loved Job. When Satan came by looking for somebody to tempt, Job was handpicked. God said, Have you considered my servant Job, a perfect and upright man that feareth God and escheweth evil? Why would God have picked Job to endure? the things that he had to endure. Why would God have told Satan to go after Job intentionally? I believe because he knew what the Scriptures was going to say, he did because he was the author of them. But the Bible says in the book of Job, that through all Job endured, that Job maintained his integrity and curse not God with his lips. As a matter of fact, we hear Job say, this is how we are to be. He said, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, if I don't preach you anything else this morning, that ought to encourage you a little bit. <coughs> the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now here's this man that I've just told you, and there's more to all the things that happened to him than what I could relate to you in just this minute and a half or so. But <coughs> here's this man that's endured the hardness that he's had to go through. And you say, well, that's just Job, and that's just Old Testament stuff. Let's take a verse from the New Testament for just a thought, will you? Did you think it was going to be a bed of roses? Did you think just because you got saved that everything was going to change, that all, your life was going to have no hardships, no troubles, no trials, that you were not ever going to go through any, 
anything that was going to break your heart. I can't read in the King James Version Bible where you were promised that. As a matter of fact, I read where the, where the writer said, Endure hardness as a good soldier. There's going to be some hard things come our way. And if I went around the auditorium this morning, nearly everybody in the house could share something or another, a time that they were low, a time that they were troubled, a time that Satan jumped on them with both feet, a time that just looked like just about as dark as you could get. Here's Job at his time of trouble. And this is what he had to say. I know that my Redeemer liveth. He probably thought that he had enough riches, enough wealth, enough cattle, enough children to tend those cattle and work the land, enough servants to help him to, to go right up until his dying day. And in one day that was all wiped out and all taken away. But he said, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand again at the latter day. I'm here to tell you, John, there's lots of things I thought I knew and come to find out I didn't know near as much as I thought I did. There's lots of things that I thought I had all figured out and when it came right down to it, I knew nothing. But one thing I know, I know my Redeemer liveth. All right. I don't want to leave Job hanging. I don't want to leave Job in the valley. So let me tell you how it turns out. You should go read the book if you really want to know. You ever, that's whenever I'd go through classes in education, they'd do what they do, book talks. You'd build the book up, and then if they wanted to know the, the outcome, they had to go read the book. Well, I'm going to help you cheat a little bit. Job's captivity was turned when he prayed for his friends. You think you got it rough? We all do. You know what we need to do? We need to pray for one another. We need to just pray for one another. I know that my Redeemer liveth. Well, what's that mean, preacher? Well, let's look at some folks in the Bible that were redeemed. And where it talks about redemption. We read about... Naomi and Ruth, do you remember Naomi and Ruth? Naomi and her husband lived down in Bethlehem, Judah, if I'm not mistaken. And there came a famine throughout the land. And her husband decided he was going to move him, his wife, and his two sons down to Moab because the, the corn was growing in Moab and they wouldn't be as hungry down there. Let me tell you something, when you're walking away from God's people, you're walking into trouble. Here's what met Naomi and her husband and her two sons. Her two sons married women that were not of the Jewish origin. And they both died. And Naomi's husband died. And she was in, in a twix between two straits, I guess you'd say, between a rock and a hard place. She had no man to provide for, to care for. And so she did the only thing she knew to do. Have you got there yet? Have you got there yet? Sometimes we think we got things figured out. 
And we find out we really don't know a whole lot at all. Naomi had gotten to that place, so she went to the only place she knew she could get help. She went to the only thing she knew for certain. She knew her Redeemer lived. Now listen, let's go on, let's follow her down. I'm not going to go off through it. There's more in this than I could ever preach out. You know the story of Naomi and Ruth and Ortha and how Ortha kissed her and returned to her family. But Ruth said, I'll be with you. Your people will be my people. And where you stay, where you lodge, I'll lodge. And your God will be my God. They got down there and she had Ruth gleaned from the fields of Boaz. She sent Ruth in to, to... to be a witness, I guess you'd say, to Boaz. And Boaz, we read in the last chapter of the book, talks to the nearest kinsmen of Naomi and of Ruth and asks them this question, Wilt thou redeem them? Wilt thou redeem them? They had a piece of property, they owed a debt they couldn't pay, and he asked this kinsman to redeem them. And when the kinsman said, I can't redeem them, lest I'd mess up my own inheritance, just my words, Boaz stepped in and said, Then I'll redeem them. I'm here to tell you today, I owed a debt that I couldn't pay, and I had nothing to give. I had a soul that was all I had but I had a redeemer that stepped in and paid the debt I couldn't pay he paid I owed a debt I couldn't pay and it accumulated from my sin and it was going to cost me my soul but Christ my Redeemer stepped in. I've, I had a college education and a lot of things I learned at UT have now gone out of style. New terms have cycled in and cycled out several times since then. Ways and methods have changed and what I thought I knew, I don't know as much about now. But one thing I know, I know my Redeemer liveth. And he shall stand the latter day. All right. Boaz redeemed Naomi and Ruth. And he took Ruth to be his wife. And he was blessed with a son. And if I'm not mistaken, he was the grandfather of David. See, it all cycles around. And who knows... I'm sure that uh, Ruth, I'm sure that Boaz never thought that they would be part of the lineage of Christ. Only God knows. But see what great things came out of Boaz redeeming Naomi and Ruth. All right. I know my Redeemer liveth. So we read about where Christ came, didn't we? We read about where he hung on the cross. We read about, and I'm trying my best to hurry right along. We read about where that he was put in a tomb, and they were there, and he was walking down the road to Emmaus, if I'm not mistaken, when he saw two men. And I don't think the Scripture says per se, but if you read into it a little bit, you can read that maybe Cleophas might have been one of them. And that his wife was one of the ones that were there at the cross whenever Christ was crucified. 
And so we see, and it might have been Cleophas and his wife that were walking. I don't know. But it was two folks that were walking along and their countenance was sad. And Jesus saw them and they didn't recognize him. And he said, what manner of communications are this that you're sad? And they said, have you not heard? You just replace Cleophas' name and put yours in there. You put mine in there. Because all we want to talk about is the bad things, don't we? All we want to talk about is the sad things. All we want to talk about is the things that worry us and consume us that we can't get out of our mind, that have, that have tore our lives all to pieces. He said, well, this is now the third day, and we thought that this Christ that came would have redeemed Israel. That was his hope. That was what he wanted. He wanted redemption. I'm here to tell you, now listen. <laughs> you know what Jesus told them? He started in the old scriptures, and he went through where the prophecies were, right up to where they were at right then, and, he, and they got to the place where they were going, and he made as though he would have continued on, and they sat down, and he appeared, disappeared from out of their side, and they said, did our hearts not burn within us? I'm here to tell you today, when you get redeemed, it makes a real change in life. I've seen folks go through the motions, haven't you? I'm sure you have if you've been in church any time at all. I've seen folks go up, make a profession, and go right back out into the same filth and sin that they were in from the get-go. And I've seen men just, to, just make a trip to the altar to appease their family or appease their friends. But when you meet the Redeemer, it changes you from the inside out. All right. You see, friends, this is what the Scripture has to say. I think it's somewhere over in Galatians. Marty taught Sunday school this morning on the blood. The Scripture says Christ hath redeemed us. Are you redeemed? I like the song that Becky sings. I am redeemed. Bought by the price, Jesus. That's who my Redeemer is. <laughs> Jesus has changed my life. If anybody asks me, just anybody asks me just who I am, just tell them I've been redeemed. You may be sitting right here this morning. And have gone through all kinds of sickness, pain, heartache, lost loved ones. First words we should say is, I'm redeemed. There's another song in the songbook. Sweet is the song I'm singing today. I'm redeemed. What are you singing? Are you singing heartache and sorrow? Are you singing, oh, I've had such a hard time? Or are you singing, I have been redeemed? What's the best part of your life? Let's share that. Let's tell folks how good God really is. That He would take a nothing like me that was blackened and filthy with sin and make me a fit subject for the kingdom of heaven Make me a part of his royal family, a chosen priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people, a people that are going to heaven when this life is over. Amen. 
I know my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand again at the latter day. Sometimes we get to the point that that's all we've got to cling to. Heard it this week. Hold to God's unchanging hand. All right. Christ redeemed us from the curse, becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. You want to go on? How were we redeemed? How'd that happen? Well, the scripture says this. For we were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. How's that work, preacher? His blood is on my soul. His blood washes what could wash away by sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What could make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now, there are certain things in this life that we'll never have enough money to afford. It might be the, the best chocolate. It may be uh, something, that the finest car, and it may be beyond our price range. We might not be able ever to buy that and to experience that. But I'm glad the blood of Jesus is free to all. It's got public access. It's not just for the Jews. It's not just for the Greeks. But it's for sinners like you and I so that we could be redeemed. Okay. Let's go to Revelation. I believe it's chapter 5 if I'm not mistaken. It says the four and twenty elders stood up. The angels stood up. John said this. Let's, let's preface it a little bit. You want to? He said, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open the book and loosen the seals thereof. And then it says the four and twenty elders and the angels rejoiced. They said, for thou art worthy. For thou hast done what? Redeemed us by thy blood of every kindred, tongue, and nation. Don't you like the little song, Jesus loves the little children, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Well, he even looks at me. And he looks at you. And you know the kind of person you are. And I know the kind of person I am. Unworthy. The world would look over us. The world would ignore us. But even we're precious. In his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Aren't you glad you're one of his? Aren't you glad you're redeemed? Aren't you glad that when the time comes 
and you close your eyes and your breath leaves your body and your heart stops, he'll hold your hand. He'll be there for you. This life was never meant to be permanent anyway. This is just a temporary stop. Our destination is beyond this world. And if you're going to heaven, you'll have to be redeemed. If you're going to heaven to live with Jesus when this life is over, you'll have to ask Him to come into your heart and to be your Savior. There is no other way to get from earth to glory but through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me get one more verse in, will you? What's coming out of our mouths? Are we talking about corona? And I'm not saying that to be critical or political or any other thing. Are we talking about the weather? Are we talking about football? This is what the Bible says we are to talk about. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Have you been redeemed? Have you been saved? You need to know for sure. There doesn't need to be a single doubt in your mind. I've seen folks live a life all their days and come down to time to die and you could see the fear on their face. You could see the fear in their eyes. I may have, the world may have passed me by, the knowledge I once had, maybe I don't have any more. But one thing I know, I know my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day. Well, what is that, preacher? Let me just cover that. I might as well get that, hadn't I, Marty? He shall stand at the last day. The Bible says that the angel will set one foot on the land and one foot on the sea and declare that time shall be no longer. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep in the Lord, for the Lord himself, I'm just waiting for the day. Because I know my Redeemer liveth. Concerning them which are asleep in the Lord, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the, with the voice of the archangel, the trip of God, and a shout. I don't know what the shout will be, but I just about believe it'll be the shout of His people when we see Jesus coming in glory, when He comes from His throne on high. Then we shall meet Him in that glad city. We'll understand it all by and by. I'm looking for the day that I get to meet Jesus in the air. Preacher, aren't you worried? No. No, I'm not. You've read, Preacher, how we'll be judged. I believe that we are judged whenever we fall. Let me just get to it. How about that? This is what the Bible has to say. And knowest thou not that judgment begins? Where are we? (laughs) At the house of God. I'm not going to wring my hands 
And I'm not going to worry whether or not I'm going to make it. I know he saved me. You couldn't look and tell any difference. I was the same little ugly, ignorant eight-year-old boy. When I got up, there was when I got down. But something on the inside of me changed. The fear of hell was gone. And I felt a peace in my heart I'd never felt before in my life. I got saved. I got redeemed by the blood. Because I asked Jesus and he did a miracle. He saved a boy that had nothing and made me a fit subject for the kingdom of heaven. I know that happened. See, lots of things happen in life we think we know and understand and then come to find out. I walked across the stage at UT, but you know what they could do? They could come back and say, well, that school's not accredited anymore. And that degree would mean nothing for me. All those years and hours and classes I sat through would be for naught. But where the record of my redemption is, it's sealed within and without with seven seals, and no man can open it or look thereon. The angels... Rejoice and said, Thou art worthy, for Thou hast redeemed us through Thy blood from every kindred, tongue, and nation. We're redeemed. Coronavirus can't wipe us out. It may take kill this flesh, but I'm going that way. Cancer can't stop me. Heart disease can't stop me. It may take this body, but I've got a real home. I like that song John sings, don't you? My real home is up there on high where no teardrops will fill our eyes. As a matter of fact, he said he'd wipe every tear away, didn't he? It'll be springtime forever as a million years go by. Yes, my real home. I know we've got families and little houses that we've paid for down here on this earth, but it's nothing compared to what God's got waiting on me and you. John 14 to 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Who was that talking about? That was my Redeemer. Oh, I go away to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go away, I will come again and receive you. Good news. He'll say, you've been faithful over That's what I'm waiting on, to hear his voice, to hear him call my name and say, well, you've been faithful. I've failed him miserably. I've let him down. I've disappointed him so often. But there's been a few times I've been faithful, and that was all that it took. Oh, he said, you've been faithful over a few things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. Why? Because I've been redeemed. He'll stand again. He'll stand again at that latter day. Aren't you glad? When time comes, aren't you glad? All right. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand again at that latter day. See, Job was holding on to his hand. 
Job was holding on to the hope that there was in Jesus. All right. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. All right. That's the message. <laughs>